The Man in Line with Andy Wint. Good afternoon. Welcome to Man in Line on Manx Radio. Open line through till one today. Call 66 13 68. Email studio at manxradio.com. Text 166177 or WhatsApp 166177. you want to uh, say, get it off your mind, then by all means, uh, get in touch. Um, uh, a note uh, in from Ken, who just says, Andy, my pal in the UK told me this morning, he saw uh, in new- yesterday's newspapers that a payday loan company uh, charging 92% rate to Isle of Man residents who've taken loans out with them. Is this profiteering? I, I haven't seen this, Ken. If you could send me either a, a photo of uh, the article uh, from the newspaper, or if anybody else saw this, payday loan companies charging 92% interest on, uh, on the Isle of Man. Is that true? Um, uh, thank you, Ken, and thanks for uh, flagging that up. And, and if anybody knows, by all means do. Terry Cases, Andy, did we ever find out what happens to lithium batteries once they come to the end of their life in EVs? Well, I think they aim to recycle them, don't they? I think, do we have people who can, I think we do have people who can get um, rid of lithium batteries on the Isle of Man. But it's all a case of numbers, Terry, isn't it? How many... How many electrical vehicles are we going to have on the Isle of Man when it becomes illegal to sell them in the UK? Nobody's ever really flagged up what is going to happen to the secondary market. What's going to happen to second-hand vehicles, second-hand petrol and diesel vehicles, or hybrids for that matter in the future? What's going to happen? Will they just shoot up in price as the price of electric vehicles is considerably higher uh, than uh, an internal combustion engine, an ICE? EVs versus ICEs. I think we're going to get more focused on this as we get ever closer to our green, sustainable future. Uh, I want to go to uh, Frida's first with us. Hi, Frida. Hi, Andy. What I'm ringing up love about is um, uh, my granddaughter and her husband went through university, took six years practically of studying, came back to the island, got married, uh, saved up. While they were studying, they had numerous jobs, which they do when they're at uni. Now, uh, they they got married, had two children, right, uh, they pay for the children to go to uh, childcare. But what I'm ringing up about is they do not get child allowance. Now I think that's totally unfair. What do you mean they don't get? The, they don't no, qualify it, or, or just? Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure anybody with a child gets yeah, child benefit up to a certain age. Yeah. Well, uh, no, they, they're, not, they're not allowing them to have it. Uh, and there's several, there's several couples I know that do not get it. Now, I mean, they've worked hard, they pay the stamps, they've come back, they're working here, and yet they've got two children, and they're, I mean, they're 
they've got a mortgage and everything like everybody else, but they're not allowed child allowance because they're both working and, of course, I suppose the wage just doesn't cover it. Yeah, but, I mean, Frida, anybody can receive child benefit if they're no. responsible for a child under 16. No, they don't get it, Andy. Really? No, they don't, and I know another couple that don't get it. No, they, um, uh, they used to get it, didn't they, so they were about 15 or, or 17 it was, actually. Well, actually, uh, under t- uh, 20 if they stayed in education or training sometimes. Yes, well, Matt, they've worked hard, and, I mean, they've struggled like anybody else. They've paid the stamps, they've come back on the island, they've not left. I mean, in all those years, they were struggling to pay the way and pay the debt, and keep their above water, got married, had two children, and they do not get it. Well, apparently, I mean, the, the, the rate of child benefit, it's zero, cause, so they must be earning over £80,000, Frida, between them. Well, the point is, Andy, if you're earning 100000 it does not matter. If you're paying your dues, love, you're entitled to it. I mean, they've struggled... They've probably got loads of debt, things to pay. They've struggled, and I don't think they're earning that anyway. But, I mean, uh, they've struggled, and they should, it's like a means test. It's like saying to a pensioner, oh, right, now, I worked till I was 75, right? So, oh, yeah, well, you've, you've um, looked after your old age pension, so you don't have to get anything off the social services. So we'll take your pension off you. You see, it's just not right. If they've worked and they pay their way, uh, they should get it. How long has this been going on? How long did they ago did they find this out? Well, since they've had the children and one's four now, nearly four. How do they feel about it, Frida? Well, uh, they've just accepted it, actually. It's only me that's done this, because I think it's unfair. And I know, I know several couples that are the same. Well, thanks for flagging that up, Perfrey. Did you know? I wasn't aware of that, but you're quite right. I've been checking yeah. uh, just now. It is. If um, if you earn more than £80,000, uh, child benefit zero. Absolutely <laughs> zero. That's per, presumably per household. So yeah. two people can be earning 40000 apiece and uh, no child benefit. But you've still got to pay your overheads, uh, Andy. You've still got a more... I mean, they're, they're not... Uh, they've not gone on the state for any money. They've paid their way and they've struggled. They've struggled. And they're paying mortgages and everything like anybody else. And also but, they're paying for the children. And paying for the children... You see, the point is, it's this, Andy. It doesn't matter. I always... What you earn, I don't think, if you're you paying your way, you're entitled to it. I think so. OK. Uh, Frida, I'm really grateful you brought that up. That's a, yeah. an interesting point. Thanks for calling today. Thanks, love. Good to hear from you. Well, this is the story. Yes, you can receive child benefit if you're responsible for a child under 16 or under 20 if they stay in approved education or training. Only one person can get child benefit for a child. If two people claim child benefit for the same child, there are rules which determine which of them is entitled. Well, here's the ratio. If you earn under £50,000, child benefit is £24.20 for the first child, £15.95 for any other. 
between 50 and 60,000, 18 pounds 15 for the first child, 11.96 for anything else afterwards. 60 to 70,000 pounds you get 12 pounds 10p for the first child, 7 pounds 98 for any other child. 70 to 80,000 pounds you get 6 pounds and 5p for the first child, 3 pounds 99 for any other children. You earn a penny over... Well, actually, if you earn more than £80,001, you get zero for the first child and for the second child. Is this the means test? Uh, Frida, thank you for erasing that. That's uh, a story I wasn't aware of, but I just wonder what you think. Uh, um, it's not inconceivable that there are households earning far more than £80,000, and that may come as a shock to know that you don't get any money, no child benefit. And over 18 years, that child benefit is very welcome. You got any thoughts on the matter? And if this applies to you, if it was a, a, bit, of sh- a bit of a shock to you when you found this out, and particularly that jump from 70,000 to 80,000, I mean, £6, 5p for the first child, basically £4 for the second. So if you have two children, you get 10 quid. Text, email, call, WhatsApp. Julian's on now. Hi, Julian. Hi, Andy. Uh, I'm a bit dismayed to see about the Dune Glen, uh, that uh, first path going down the, the left side there. It's a be- that's really, really beautiful, that bit down there. It seems a shame that uh, they're just going to leave it. Um, I mean, is that permanent? They're-, they're taking the trees down, aren't they? I believe so. I mean, that Glen was made in 1874. So it's been going quite a long time. It seems a shame to lose that from a heritage point of view, if nothing else. But, I mean, that's a wonderful. I mean, following the um, the source of the uh, of the waterfall down on the left side there, and then just going down and watching it split, it's incredible. It'd be, it'd be a shame to not have that one in full working operation, in well, my humble yeah, opinion. Well, Marinda Fargo from Garth Commissioners says, I mean, she says the department isn't intending to reopen the trail. Um, we've not heard kind of officially once and for all but we'll find out but um uh yes it's as you say 19th century for for that glen and it is an iconic glen i know certainly the german tt riders love that glen yeah um perhaps the million pounds that got diverted off the horse trams could be re-diverted again just to get that one done up maybe (laughs) yes um a couple of points on energy um a company called Coriton Advanced Fuels, um, based in Essex, um, you can easily see that at Coriton.com. So that's C-O-R-Y-T-O-N.com. Um, they've got two other facilities, one in Germany, one in South Korea. And they're taking agricultural food waste along with waste products from the plastics industry. And through some clever chemistry, they're recycling it into tailor-made fuels, so petrols and diesels and things. Um, And it's also friendly all the way back to vintage cars because it doesn't um, corrode the fuel lines, so you can leave it in no problem at all. Um, They are also being used in the Paris-Dakar race, and they've been at the British Motor Show, um, which is interesting. They've been racing um, Ford Mustangs around with it, and what they found was it was actually running 10% more economically than standard fuels. Um, Also, to to counter that as well, the recent Volvo research paper has shown that E10 petrol, which is the new one that you see across, 
with more ethanol in it is actually ending up being about 30% less economical uh, than E5 or the previous ones, which is um, a bit counterintuitive. But I think ethanol is not particularly good for engines as far as I can see. But if you take into account the recycling aspect of Coriton fuels, and then you see about extending the life of billions of internal combustion engine vehicles that have already been made, the actual pollution reduction is about 60%. So if you think about um, fossil-fueled recharged electric cars, it actually makes a lot more sense to go down the the recycling of old used hydrocarbons into cars that already exist, if you see what I mean, especially with the latest ones that are even more efficient than the earlier cars were, so they will burn more efficiently too. Um, You can mix them with existing fuels in your tank or at the petrol station so they can be pumped as normal. Um, There's been numerous tests on them. They they just drive as normal. Um, They are more expensive at the moment, but they're still ramping up on scale. They're nowhere near the scale of what the petrochemical industry's got, but um, it seems that as time's going on, they're getting lower and lower in, in cost. So it may be that the demise of the internal combustion engine may may not have to happen. You just wonder, and again, the important phrase you use there is, uh, you know, kind of uh, weight of numbers, um, you know, scaling up. So you just wonder, you know, what bright idea is going to come up that will lead us to the future, Julian? Because uh, just the fact that internal combustion engines are, well, there are very many people who are in love with internal combustion engines, uh, Julian, and don't really see the future in electric vehicles, which is where we're being steered towards. So you wonder, you know, which bright spark somewhere will come up with the idea that will revolutionise and be accepted by public opinion. Yeah, and, you know, when you melt down an engine at the end of its life, it can be turned more or less straight into another engine if you want it to or into something else, unlike the battery packs on lithium-ion-powered battery electric vehicles. Um, You know, once you get to about eight years, you're running the risk of actually the cost of a replacement battery pack, despite a perfectly well-looked-after electric vehicle, is more than than the resale value of the vehicle. So... Um, it becomes a little bit uneconomical. Um, one other point I was going to ask you, um, I was very pleased to hear Ian on the Manning Line on Friday, and he was talking to you about his renewable energy system with his heat pump and his solar panels. Um, I wonder if he might be kind enough to come back on. I've just got a couple of questions for him. I know he mentioned that his heat pump was running at about 1.2 kilowatts. That's about 10 times more than a traditional oil or gas boiler runs at. So I'm just wondering, if you were to do that to scale so everyone on the island had a heat pump, the draw would be 10 times more if you're using a heat pump, according to his own figures. Just wondered if he could clear that one up. I'm also interested to know if he lives in the north or the south of the island, because, as you know, um, the, the north of the island is much sunnier than the south. So would his system work as well, say, in Castletown as it would, say, in, in Andreas or in Ramsey or at Michael? Um, Another thing I was interested to ask is he says about um, putting his solar panels on a property in Spain because the government are now offering generous subsidies. And begs a couple of questions. One is, um, does he go away regularly to Spain to his other property? In which case, that would skew the numbers because he's not here using energy. So even though his solar panels would be 
theoretically producing energy, he wouldn't be using it because he wouldn't be here. So uh, I'd be interested to know how, if he is away, how long he's away for to sort of get a feel for that. Um, and I think he said that he was only changing to get the solar panels because of a heavy subsidy in Spain. So does that mean it's inefficient? Because if the only way he can justify getting them in Spain is if the government give him a big handout, then that kind of says that it's not what you might call a naturally efficient system. Otherwise, you just buy it and it would get you get your money back. Mm. And I just but I mean, he did say in, in response, he did say that he in his lifetime didn't expect to see a return. He was really buying it for his, his children. Um, many people, when they put solar panels and things like this in, always say they won't get their money back, but it'll increase the price of the house when it's sold. Yeah. I wonder, though, if you had that house and you, say, had a couple with two young children and say you're using, I don't know, a 1,500-watt washing machine quite a lot and a 5,000-watt drying machine, you know, playing on 700 watts of PlayStations on televisions, um, you know, it, it, it may be that his lifestyle is he's quite economical. But you, if you're going to scale this up and say this is great, then you have to talk about everybody. Right. So, you know, and I think he mentioned he had 12 solar panels. But if you've got, say, a, a block of flats with a limited roof space and you've got, say, I don't know, 20 people living in there, well, you can't have 240 solar panels on the roof. So how would it work? If you're going to talk about this in the bigger scale of things, how would you roll this out to everyone? Because yeah. that's kind of what we're talking about here. Well, the answer is nobody knows, Julian. Uh, we've only got hypothesis and we've only got models uh, put forward by people. Um, and nobody Is a tumble dryer five kilowatts? Yeah, four to five, because, of course, it's got to generate quite a lot of heat. And you've, mm. got, the, you know, you've got the big um, motor turning everything around. Um, and that's more efficient these days than it used to be. But, you know, if you if you put it on a proper drying cycle, I would, mm. uh, they seem to be around the four to five kilowatt mark. So yeah, quite yeah. a lot of power. Well, the fact is that the Isle of Man has to sustain that Sunday lunchtime surge when everybody puts their cookers and ovens on and microwaves and kettles. Uh, that, you know, Sunday afternoon, the Sunday lunchtime and Sunday evening surge, I think, is the biggest one of the week. And that's what Paul Rose has to sort out. And that's what will have to be reconciled in the future but we wait and see julian yeah well we'll wait for the order for the new power station if that's the case eh? <laughs> all right thanks for calling thanks andy all right g says and this is g313 child allowance is non-contributory it doesn't come from ni payments uh, a message in uh, i was at my doctor's surgery uh, southern group when there was a man at reception having a go at the reception really rude saying how that's not how it's done at balasella why have i got to do it uh, your way uh, my blood was boiling Fine. Five three one says, um, how can they be struggling on £80,000? It's impossible. I have no sympathy, says JK. Well, you don't know the circumstances, do you? They may have three, four children. They may have uh, lots of overhead, so people's personal circumstances. But the point that child benefit really is effectively means-tested. And bearing in mind that the Isle of Man's birth rate is dropping, hence the reason we need 15,000 extra people coming in, do you think it's better that we, bluntly, grow our own people and put the birth rate up in the Isle of Man for people uh, to have their own children, or do you think it's better that people come in and bolster the population that way maybe older people because if the birth rate continues to drop on the Isle of Man then obviously 
we wouldn't need as many schools because the roles would drop in schools. Obviously, we'd lose skills because you wouldn't have as many uh, paediatric nurses, midwives and people dealing with brand new births on the Isle of Man. Bluntly, you wouldn't be growing new Manx citizens. We'd be importing them. So is it better that it's easier for people to have children? And that may even mean people on high incomes. So if you earn over £80,000 in a household, husband and wife, then you get absolutely no child benefit whatsoever. What's your thought on that? Text, email, call. What? I wish I was struggling on 80000 says Des. Uh, uh, and a message in just to say, no, what? nobody is, is entitled to anything. They must be earning too much to receive it, says 200. Well, they pay in probably more tax than anybody else. I'm not uh, advocating for rich people or people. It depends whether you think how much you think is rich. Do you think forty thousand a year is a lot of money? It's not on Athol Street. It's not in parts of Parliament Street in Ramsey. What are your thoughts? Uh, oh, tomorrow's the budget. Remember that the budget. So listen, there's no man in line tomorrow because there's a two-hour budget special with Beth and the team from government officers talking to all the people, including the Treasury Minister. I think the Chief Minister is going to be there as well. So you'll hear how the budget tomorrow impacts on you. I just wanted to comment, says Texter284, on Mr Hooper's claim that hospital appointment issue has no clear answer. Move appointment letters, says Texter284. Move appointment letters three months before the date, then text a reminder a few days before. For a minister to have no answer is a worry. We've talked about getting letters for medical appointments that are a year ahead. Do you find that a problem? Nick says, another point about child benefit, which has always seemed to me grossly unfair, child benefit in the Isle of Man is assessed for income tax, unlike in the UK. I, like many others, do not agree to the horse trams. It's cruel to the horses, and I think the horse trams should be banned, says Anne. They brought out the new strategy for railways. It's the year of the railway in the Isle of Man, and they announced the uh, programme at the end of February this year uh, for what's going to be happening on the, the trams. But they've not quite said, I mean, they've not really said unequivocally that the horse trams are going back from where they are now, Castle Mona Avenue, through to the sea terminal. They've, there's a kind of a wording that says they're going to assess what length of rails or how long the journey's going to be between Castle Mona Avenue and approaching the sea terminal. Now, I thought Timwald had voted the money for this. I thought Timwald had voted on this. But we'll get closer to this. Uh, lots more... Um uh, lots more uh, uh, people to talk to in the in the uh, coming weeks. By the way, uh, we've uh, we've had lots of open line in February, but there are lots more guests coming up. Ministers will be coming up to uh, uh, chat about their portfolios and more. And uh, starting at the beginning of uh, April, the Treasury Minister will uh, beginning March. The Treasury Minister will be here talking about uh, the budget. Laurie Hooper will be in talking about the Department of Health and Social Care. We've also then got the boss. 
of Manx Care back in again, Teresa Cope, talking about the future of Manx Care, how they are where they are and how they're going to get to where they want to get to. And also the chief exec of Kroger will be in. You know, these people who are trying to drill for gas off Mackled. Richard Hubbard will be on Man in Line and the retiring chief constable, Gary Roberts, will be on Man in Line. Uh, plus in the future, uh, the two uh, uh, MHKs from the Manx Labour Party, Joni Farragher and Sarah Maltby, will be in and the chief minister will be in uh, later on this year. I think Frida Helen, this is Helen on 127, Frieda needs a reality check. I've never had children and paid a full NI as a single person. I I did it without uh, I I did without to have a manageable mortgage and worked longer and waited six years to receive my state pension. Life isn't always fair to everybody. If you can't budget to have children on an eighty thousand income, little hope for many, says Helen. That's Helen's point. Uh, Frieda called in just to say a household above eighty thousand pounds doesn't get child benefit benefit. Our government wants to import rather than grow our own. It's cheaper, of course. It's cheaper to bring in uh, uh, people from out of the Isle of Man to live on the Isle of Man. So perhaps the government doesn't want to pay towards children's teeth and education. Uh, and they don't want children to have fun either. Is that why they're stopping the fun fair? I just had my crystal ball out, says Desmond, and I predict a big about turn for the combustion engine. When in nine years we find that the climate change is a hoax, Des's words, uh, years ago families of 16 and 18 lived on a lot less uh, than we... You pay tax on child benefit, reiterates 513. Well, it's a certain fact, thank you, Desmond, that years ago uh, people had a lot uh, more children than they do now. It was very common 40, 50, 60 years ago for five and six children in a family. It's very, very rare that you get families of that size now. So do you think it's now time for the government to incentivize people to have more children? Uh, I don't know. I was reading up last week on Poland. has a dreadful crisis in uh, its childbirth rate. In fact, most of Western Europe has a problem with uh, the childbirth rate plummeting, absolutely plummeting. And Poland has, has increased tax benefits enormously to try and get the birth rate up there. Is it working? No, it is not. Got a note in uh, from Ian who just says, I think Western Europe is being very snobbish about electric vehicles. Most of the underdeveloped world can't afford to have electric vehicles. And yet the Western world, Western Europe as well, wants to have electric vehicles and really export the problem by plundering resources from the third world with some dreadful working conditions. So, and also, um, Ian's, Ian's been on the trail again. Uh, the European countries are dumping 37 million items of plastic clothing in Kenya. Apparently, this is all to do with recycling and the fact that lot of, uh, a lot of recyclable stuff from Europe just gets exported, sent to the third world. Ian says the clothing is made of plastic fabrics. It's not wearable or otherwise usable for textile purposes. And there's a, a, a concern, I think it's an NGO called Clean Up Kenya, um, says these items are dumped or burnt in Kenya. They export 37 million items items of plastic clothing, nylon and stuff like that, to Kenya. 
and these are burnt for cooking uh, that contributes to water and air pollution. Ten European countries sent 95% of all second-hand clothing exported to Kenya from the EU in 2021. Investigators said that waste clothing export acts as a release valve for overproduction and consumption. They estimated the problem to be much greater globally as their investigations focused only on Kenya. Germany alone sent 50 million items of clothing Uh, More than half of these were waste and 17 million pieces were made of plastic textiles. The argument is far more nuanced than than we think. And the amount of plastic waste that we simply, and I'm not just saying the Isle of Man, but the Western world exports to the third world surely has to be addressed because we can't just, it's, it's like putting the stuff from your dustbin into somebody else's dustbin and then saying, well, we're all right, we're nice and green. Lots more to chat about. Oh, crikey, the texts are flying in. We'll get to some more. How do you experience the exceptional? Find out at the Shaw Hotel Laxey. A high-end boutique hotel, a fine dining restaurant, a bar serving real pub classics. It's an experience like nothing else on the island. See for yourself and keep up to date with the latest events at shawhotellaxi.im. Now with online booking or call 861-509. Come and discover the exceptional at the Shaw Hotel Laxey. Metals, metals, IMB metals. For steel appeal, the number you need is for steel. That's metals. Metals, IMB Metals. For structural steel and cladding, collection or delivery, with installation available too, just call 4Steel. That's 457881. Metals, Metals, IMB Metals. You may have already heard about the new energy efficiency scheme, but you may not know just how easy it is to access the support and that more of you can apply for it. You could be eligible for £750 worth of free energy efficiency materials to make your home more energy efficient, reduce your energy consumption and to help lower bills. Check out our website today and find out if your household is eligible. Go online to costoflivingsupport.gov.im or call 686262. This isn't urgent appeal from the Disasters Emergency Committee. Devastating earthquakes have hit Turkey and Syria, killing thousands and injuring many more as buildings collapsed. People urgently need help. To donate online, search DEC. Thank you. Sophie Hinks, a health and social care lecturer at University College Isle of Man, has recently published a paper describing a groundbreaking weight management pathway. As Sophie says, with an ever-growing trend towards poor food choices and reduced exercise, weight management is essential for the health of everyone in our community. Find out more on Agenda at 6pm this evening with me, Phil Gorn, on Manx Radio. The cost of treating illnesses resulting from from people being overweight or obese is huge, if you'll forgive the pun, so Sophie's suggestions to help us lose weight certainly give food for thought. This is the Isle of Man talking. The Man in Line. Faster by good afternoon. Here's a note in from B on 520. The hospital isn't uh, helping itself. My stepdaughter's just flown to the UK with her partner to have a stent removed from a gallbladder. When she arrived in the UK hospital, they booked her in, sedated her, and on beginning the operation, found she no longer had 
had a stent in, it had passed naturally. The UK consultant couldn't believe the Isle of Man Hospital hadn't scanned my stepdaughter before flying over. Waste of time, waste of money. Cost hundreds, maybe thousands of pounds to book in the operation and travel when it wasn't needed. We as a family had to take time off work and look after our grandchildren. So what is happening here, says uh, 520. Uh, Talking about the horse trams, says John, why is there a massive scaffold around the stables building that's been there for years? Uh, good afternoon. The latest bus timetable doesn't have train and tram times or steam train times, says Chris uh, in the north. Thank you, Christopher. It's quite simple, says Mike. If you can't afford to have children, you shouldn't have them. Well, point taken, Mike. Obviously, everybody needs to budget. But uh, why do you think a household of over £80,000 shouldn't get child benefit when... Anybody who or a household that earns less does should. I mean, straight, if you think they don't deserve it, when obviously the government thinks they don't, maybe that household has two, three children and wants to have another child. And we need our birth rate to be up on the Isle of Man. So surely we should be encouraging people to have children and making it easier for them to do. I'm not taking sides either way, but you either encourage people to have children or you don't. As we import our energy uh, fuel at present, why should we? We should continue to do this by the undersea cable and wait to see what the best system is going to be by 2050. Otherwise, we could be investing in white elephants. And as yet, there's no plan, really, no strategy for the second subsea cable that we need. The one we have at the moment is what 20 years old. And if um, we're aiming to make the Isle of Man uh, perhaps a data center in the future, have uh, server farms on the Isle of Man, what's going to happen? The Isle of Man is an ideal place for an EV, but the big push for them is is to clean up air in cities in the same way that they banned smoking in pubs, says Keith. Africa has the highest birth rate, followed by Pakistan and India, says John. Well, they are, you have to say, they are not as developed as the Western world, and the Western world's birth rate is absolutely plummeting. It may be a cultural issue in Western Europe. It may be the fact that young people uh, simply don't want children anymore. It may be that the nuclear family has to some extent um, uh, dissolved in many places. It may be financial, but the fact is certain countries will almost cease to exist intrinsically and ethnically. Uh, within two or three generations. The birth rate in Spain has absolutely plummeted. It's plummeted in Italy. It has plummeted in Poland. And if you don't have 2.3 children per couple, bluntly, the population doesn't get replenished from within. And bearing in mind we need an extra 15,000, is it better that we, uh, is that uh, the people on the Isle of Man have children on the Isle of Man or that we import citizens from across? Uh, I'm all for um, uh, education, if, uh, if not for indoctrination, uh, says Desmond again. Look to California. They just passed a rule that if you can't sell back to the grid, this is electricity. Uh, more messages in. Oh, there's a couple that got reposted from uh, Friday. 
uh, great to hear some actual life experience of the solar panel uh, rather than uh, uh, people with an anti-green agenda, says Steve. That was Ian who called up regarding uh, making his own electricity and selling it back to um, Manx Utilities. Uh, Bonzo is uh, correct. Um, just uh, when we... Uh, let's have a look here, says Kenny. Bonzo is correct. Um Thank you, Kenny. Kenny, pick the phone up. If you've got something to say, by all means. I'm not going to uh, repeat personal insults, and I get lots of them sent. Uh, people saying that they don't like this person, they don't like that person. I'll be honest with you, I'm not interested in, in insults. I'd really rather hear your ideas and what you believe are facts. Any honestly held opinion is more than welcome on Man in Line. Uh, perhaps you've got the wrong idea. This programme is not about insulting people. The Health and Social Care Minister says he's hopeful that services at Nobles and other medical centres will improve this coming year. Laurie Hooper. Uh, presenting the mandate to Manx Care starts on the 1st of April. Now, Laurie Hooper, and lots of people have asked about this, Laurie Hooper's attitude to these new targets, which he says, well, I mean, they're ambitious targets. Are they achievable? The new targets being put before next month's Tinwall. If you were to ask me, will all those targets be achieved this year? I think the answer to that would be no. Will all those targets be achievable? I think yes is the answer to that. It's just a question of how we get there and the journey. So the purpose of the mandate is to set out what we think the standard should be at. Uh, the second question then is just touching on what we just talked about. It's about looking at pathways, looking at the work we do to see what needs to change in order that we can hit those targets. Uh, for the most part, I think these targets are already being reported on regularly by Max Care. So if you look at their board papers, which are published multiple times a year, they have something called an integrated performance report. That's already published. The department will be publishing updates on these targets and uh, how, how well or not Max Care are achieving them. That will be being done regularly on the department's website as well. So we're trying to be as open as we can about these things uh, because sometimes we may not see a trend, but somebody else might. So having this information out there publicly, I think, is quite useful. So, yes, I am confident that uh, that we are making progress in these areas. I, I, would like to, I would like to be in a position to say, yes, they'll all be sorted in the next 12 months. But I think the reality is the transformation program and what we need to do in health, it's a long journey uh, and we are making progress. And that's the key thing for me is to look at. What are the obvious barriers facing you right now? The obvious ones are the same ones they've always been, I think partly it's finances um, it's a, an aging population it's things medical treatments getting more expensive in and of themselves so there's a lot of pressure there financially there's also a lot of demand for new services new drugs enhanced services all that comes with the cost and staffing is always going to be a challenge and um, not, not necessarily medical staffing but particularly uh, nurses and support services and allied health professionals there's a lot of pressure there on, on actually being able to recruit enough people to fulfill what I think are our ambitions in terms of delivering health care so will they hit those targets or not well, it's better to have a target than no target, isn't it? But uh, thanks for that. I've got a message in from Adrian, uh, which I'll come to in a moment. I just want to remind you um, that the COVID-19 Autumn Booster campaign and the offer for you to get your autumn dose or the first booster dose closes this Friday, 24th. Uh, this week, the COVID vaccination team are delivering clinics. To, uh, tomorrow, it's going to be the Western Wellbeing Centre in Peel, 10 till 1. Uh, also, um, tomorrow, it is uh, the Chester Street Vaccination Hub from 3.30 to 4.30. Wednesday, 22nd, Ramsey Cottage Hospital, 10 till 1. Thursday, Castletown Civic Centre, 10 till 1. And Friday, Chester Street Vaccination Hub from 10 till 1. Uh, the end 
of the Autumn Booster Tour it is. Over the past month, uh, government's been hearing from the Isle of Man's trans and non-binary community through a number of gender identity workshops. The sessions were put on to find gaps in gender services here and to discuss people's experiences. Now, they were originally planned to take place across the Isle of Man. Most of them were cancelled after those who were invited uh, to them felt, said they felt safer attending a meeting with more people. Well, Joni Farragher, MHK, says this in itself is a sign of how much things on the Isle of Man need to get better. That is what Joni Farragher... Joni Farragher, of course, is the... Um, ahead of the Manx Labour Party. The request very clearly was, please do not advertise these events. If you are going to have a workshop, um, please only advertise it within uh, social media groups that you know speak only to this community because they just didn't feel like they would be safe attending a place that had been publicly advertised as a, um, a trans workshop. And that, to me, you know, sort of set the tone really for where, where we are with this. What other things did you learn from the meeting that you think you're going to implement going forward? Well, I mean, really, we were looking at two uh, two sort of parts of what we can provide. Um, we were looking at what, what a fit-for-purpose gender incongruence pathway would be. So that would be around what support would be required, when, by whom. And then we were looking at how we can improve equality and inclusion across healthcare services. So that would be kind of looking at language and terminology, protecting privacy and dignity. We have haven't got a, a full breakdown of the feedback we've received yet, purely because we haven't finished receiving the feedback. But there are lots of ideas in that. That was one that I wrote down about the pronouns pin. But there was just several suggestions made. I think once we get to the point of actually looking at the, the results, we can start looking at what what has been experienced across the board, what was maybe more of an outlier that we can just pick up on. But the things that we need to really focus on are the things that have been experienced across the board by people. This isn't a witch hunt. We're trying to um, improve services and improve knowledge and awareness on behalf of healthcare practitioners as well. Nobody's saying that anybody is at fault, um, really. You know, it's more of a how can we support healthcare practitioners in providing the best level of care that they can. And, you know, even, for example, the pronoun pin, just to go back to that one, people don't necessarily understand why they would wear that. And they once you've explained, well, it, it's because these people are actually an extremely vulnerable at risk group. They've probably experienced certainly verbal abuse. Some of them might have even experienced physical abuse purely because of the person that they are. And just you putting that pin on will make them feel safe and that they can trust you. Once you've explained that, that might push you to realise, well, like I do want to do that. That's something that I want to do. I want to help this person feel safe and included. So it's a lot of it is around just raising that education level and raising that awareness of the issues involved and how we can support people. There she is, Joni Farragher, MHK. And if you want more information on those gender identity workshops, you can find an extended interview with Joni Farragher at manxradio.com. QE2, we talked last week about these uh, sex education and relationship education classes that were being put uh, out to 
secondary schools across the Isle of Man. They've been halted for the moment, but a note in from 168 said QE2 rolled out the PHSC RSC without completing the necessary due diligence. People need to stop saying maybe I'm old-fashioned, as, says 168, uh, you are not. How has our society developed to accepting children pretending to be cats and dogs? The schools are confusing children with this stupidity. That's 168's words. Uh, what's wrong with, with saying normalising yourself as a cat or a dog is not normal? 168 says it's stupid. People are afraid to speak out in case they're branded uh, something that they aren't. Uh, I think this has gone too far, says 168. They got your whole house in their hands. When you need scaffolding, DPM. On time and on budget, DPM. We'll beat any quote. DPM. We do it all at DPM. DPM promise to beat any like-for-like scaffolding quote by 10%. So when you need scaffolding, call the friendly, experienced DPM scaffolding team on 6-1-2000. T's and C's apply. We do it all at DPM. Running a business is always tough, but these days it seems to be getting harder. Keeping on top of sales, recruiting staff and trying to keep up with the accounts can mean that there just aren't enough hours in the day. One phone call to Shimin Wilson, a Manx firm of chartered accountants and business consultants, is all you need. Shimin Wilson can help you with an extensive range of accountancy-related services and a team on hand to help you through these tough times. Your peace of mind is only one call away on 627744. At Isle of Man Energy, we want to support our customers as much as we can during the cost of living crisis. If you're a vulnerable customer, we can add you to our priority care scheme and assist you with safety checks, prioritising call-outs and energy-saving advice. We can also offer support, such as payment plans, to help spread the cost of your winter bills. For more information or to register for priority care, call our team on 644-444. Isle of Man Energy. Energy for every generation. The Man in Line with Andy Wint. Faster by eight minutes before one. Uh, afternoon, Andy, says my child benefits should be available to anybody. Uh, what does need sorting is the benefit claimants who could work but don't. I personally know a few. The internal combustion engine, Paul in Mackle, says the internal combustion engines aren't the problem with regard to CO2 emissions, it's the fuel. If you run internal combustion engines on sustainable synthetic fuels, uh, the problem is solved. Um, uh, we don't need to increase the population, says this correspondent, uh, this uh, WhatsApper on 670. Um, we don't need to increase the population when the government handles the current population and also the island is meant to be beautiful. So we're, they're encouraging over-inhabiting. The worst idea I've ever heard, says 670. Well, fortunately for you, 670, it's government policy. The government policy is to put 15,000 extra souls onto the Isle of Man. Uh, that the government wants 100,000 people, not 85,000, but 100,000 people on the Isle of Man. Uh, thank you for that. A note in that says, um, um, the regarding tumble dryers loading, no domestic tumble dryer can exceed three kilowatts. As 3,000 watts at 240 volts would equal 12.5 amps uh, to enable it to run from a 13-amp socket. So anything greater than that will be hardwired into its own circuit like an oven or a shower and would be classed as uh, commercial. Thank you for sorting that out, Peter. 
since when has a statement from the government regarding 15,000 extra people being gospel? Uh, sorry, uh, being gospel, uh, says 868. Uh, well, 868, if you look at the government plan, that's the government plan. Not my plan, the government plan to put 15,000 extra people to get us up to 100,000. Take it up with Mr. Cannon. Mary says, Andy, if mortgages went back to being based on one salary like they used to, uh, women would more likely have more children. If you throw in the cost of childcare, both parents need to work to afford to pay the cost. If only you could pay women to have children, stay at home to raise them, well, those that choose to do this could do this. The choice seems to be that if you want a house that's based on two salaries to pay the mortgage, should you choose to have children, you have to factor in childcare costs. You choose to be a stay-at-home mum, potentially you can't afford a house. So you fall into social housing and look after children on one wage or benefits if you're a single parent. Perhaps we should be paying women to have children or to raise children. This may well raise the birth rate. Just a thought. And thank you for those cogent thoughts, Mary. We appreciate that. Uh, and uh, a note in uh, just saying uh, no one's identifying as cats and dogs. This is a lie. It's kids getting into the furry community and people over-dramatizing and turning it into something that it isn't, says Texter835. Thanks for clearing that up. Fred says, Andy, why would 15,000 people want to come and live on the Isle of Man? There's nothing here any longer. The government's ruined the Isle of Man, says Fred. Well, remember, we, we, do, we do elect the government, so do we take responsibility for that? 15,000 extra people might be the government plan, says James. We need to sort out the correct infrastructure for the current population first. It's chicken and egg, isn't it, James? Do you get the people here to pay for the infrastructure or sort the infrastructure out? Right, no man in line tomorrow. It's a special budget programme, but we're back with an open line on Wednesday. Thanks to Chris Quirk on the phones today. W-I-N-T